Welcome to the Real Estate Reality Show. This segment is brought to you by Arrow Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving across the street or across the country, call Arrow Moving and Storage, 719-325-6341. Now your host and back-to-back Best of the Springs Realtor, Justin Hermes. Matt's got us fired up here. We got John Hermes in the studio. Barely fit him through the door. His fro is so big now. We actually almost had to pull the scissors out to cut some hair off, get him in. And Matt was just commenting how much he likes the billboards over in Old Colorado City. And you know what? Good hair means you've had a pretty decent history in real estate. You know, I haven't pulled it all out yet. And that goes a long way. Before we get into it with John Hermes here, the good is St. Francis off of Interquest is great because we need more healthcare up north. Uh, if we want to see that continued competition for Denver as people choose between Colorado Springs and Denver. And then one that I think may be a bad creative, good for the investors probably is this Briargate Chapel Hills, you know, is opening up these 300 units where the Sears was in the next three months. Too much multifamily in my opinion, but hats off to him for being creative. Not saying that's not a bad thing, but too much multifamily coming into the springs for sure. John, thanks for joining us. Justin, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. You got it. You got it. Yeah, we're just, I'm just sniffling away here. We are uh, talking about, you know, middle of winter, you know, and the cold's going around. And this time of year is tough because we don't get as much sunshine. Man, I can't wait till spring. Oh, isn't that the truth? Yeah, we need that vitamin D. Oh, yeah. And that's in the sunshine, right? (laughs) That is. Yeah, or you take some pills for it. I don't know. I got to brush up on that. Stay healthy because that's the kicker, folks. And and you need to make sure as we talk about health is you got your finances lined up. You talk with Churchill Mortgage because that's the biggest thing as we get ready to jump here into the next segment, which we're going to talk about a lot of things that a lot of you haven't heard of before, is making sure that you can participate. Because if you can't participate, John, this means nothing, right? Absolutely. That's information that's great. But if you can't use it and you can't participate, I guess you might as well turn another station on, right? Yeah, that's right. So if you are listening right now, we are talking about getting pre-qualified. We are talking about picking the loan term for you. Are you going to move into the investment property? Are you going to buy with kids? I mean, there's so many different ways to be creative, and that is what we want to make sure you're ready to do. Because when we get a good deal and it's an off-market and it, you know we, we get one day really to sell that deal to somebody. And so you got to give us a call and say, hey, we're ready to go. We've done our due diligence. We are pre-qualified. This is the loan we're going with. So we know, hey, if you're looking to own a rock, a fourplex, we can look for that deal for you. If you don't let us know, it's not on our radar, right, John? Absolutely. You got to have somebody telling you what they want and what they need and have a little idea of what works best for them. But once they make the contact with us, we can help them decide which works best for them. Absolutely. Exactly. Give them the guidance, teach them the numbers, teach them the cash flow right here in Cotter Springs. It's not looking at some YouTube stuff where you're just not connected locally to what's going on in the market. And we do property management. We manage 160, right? Folks, we're going to have some quick messages here from the show sponsors. We'll be right back. You're listening to Justin Hermes, Real Estate Reality. can see clearly now the rain is gone 
We're back to the Real Estate Reality Show with Justin Hermes. This segment is brought to you by HouseCheck, servicing the front range of Colorado Springs for over 25 years with the most complete and personalized home inspection. Call them now for more information at 719-266-1645. All right, folks, welcome back in. Lovely show sponsors make the show possible every week. We talk about what history's taught us. We talk about the change in, uh, you know, the rates, how we saw in, you know, the 80s, some get up to 18%, and, you know, how things performed in the 90s, loan savings crisis, what happened in 2008. John, these are things you've participated in. What would you say over your 30 years here selling real estate in El Paso County, being an investor, doing property management, what are some golden nuggets you can kind of share of what you've learned and how to get through some of these times? Well, I think the first thing you learn is that real estate is a good investment. It can be up and down a little bit, but generally speaking, you're going to see it up most of the time. And in the meantime, you're using tax write-offs to enhance the value of owning that piece of property. So, you know, we look at all the different opportunities that are out there. And if you look at, I think Justin's got all those statistics. If you look at the price and value of real estate over the years, it's held pretty steady and it's always in the long run gone up. And as I said before, in the meantime, you have some tax breaks that you can get by owning that piece of real estate. And the other thing is, in my opinion too, is if you can buy something and somebody else pays for it, that's sort of a no brainer. That's the key folks is you can't go into your employer and say, Hey, I got a great stock. I want to pick out. I want to borrow a hundred thousand. Can you give me a hundred thousand? It just, it doesn't work that way. Right. And, and the other thing too is, is the stock isn't a tangible asset. And, and when you sell it, you get taxed out the kazoo for it. There's no tax benefits of owning a stock. And so it's so funny because people think real estate is so risky. Really what a lot of people are doing on their 401k, letting someone random manage their money is much riskier than real estate. And you don't have the tax write-offs. Donald Trump had to reveal his taxes finally. And people were like, I cannot believe he, one year he didn't pay any tax. This year he paid 700. Well, okay, yeah, it seems unfair, but he's using the tax code to his advantage. He's just doing real estate on steroids way 10 times more than what we do. And he owns a bunch of commercial properties and he's depreciating them. He's using the tax code to his advantage. And it's the, it's the people in DC who do this. So if you're frustrated, it's people in DC who create all these tax write-offs for the rich. Is that not right? That's right. And then they come back saying, hey, we need to, we got, we got to get some money out of the rich. Well, they're not making the changes that are necessary to do that. So, John, it's just like the IRS. Who are they going to audit? They're, they're Middle be, and lower class. That's right. They ain't going after the rich people. No, they've got their attorneys. They got the rest. They're just not the guys they're going to try to track down and try to shake down for money. They'll be going after the middle class, as you said, and the lower class people, and they'll pick up some money and they'll get people. They start doing these audits and people get scared and they go back to their accountant. Hey, can we just give them some money? The big guys don't do that. They just get their attorneys and go, you know what? Fight this thing. Tell them we're not doing that. We're not paying. You know, give yeah. us, show them all the write-offs I got, you know. One thing I was thinking about is you mentioned real estate too. We think, well, it's not real liquid. Well, it depends on what kind of market you're in. And the other thing I look at real estate is that when you're owning as an investment, you also can increase your income on a piece of property by raising your rent. And the other thing is, is you get to a point where you want to buy something else. You can either hold 
and purchase the next property, or you can do a 1031. That doesn't happen in stocks. You don't 1031 from one stock to the next stock. You sell one, pay your taxes on it, then buy the next one. Real estate is beautiful. It's 1031. You don't pay any tax. You end up using your money to buy a bigger property, maybe go from a duplex to a four or four to an eight. There's definitely some options out there owning real estate. So when you say, well, it's not liquid. If we try to sell it, we can't sell. Yeah, you can. You can always sell depending on what your situation is. You just don't want to pick a down market to try to sell because that's not the time and you don't want to panic ever when you see values go down a little bit. What you want to do when you see the values go down, you want to get a hold of Justin and go, hey, I see values are down. You see any good deals out there for me? That's how you react. And Warren Buffett says that in the in the stock market, actually, too. When prices go down and people panic, that's the time to yeah, buy. Yeah, when others are fearful, be greedy. That's right. When others are greedy, be fearful. Exactly. And, and, and that's the kicker. That's what you have to get out of it. Not saying we didn't get good deals. You know, two years ago, people said, oh, the market's so hot, it's not a good time to buy. We did 25 off-market deals. 25 of them. A lot of them, about 50 grand of equity walking in the door. Now, okay, those prices have corrected. All right, now that 50 grand is gone. Well, guess what isn't gone? Is that cash flow they got knocked in and they got an interest rate of 4%. There you go. And so the cash flow is there. Now we're battling cash flow, right? So you got to get a heck of a deal and you got to put more money down, right? But there's always buying opportunities. It's just during that time we had to find off-market ones because it's tough. Now we're going to find some on-market. We're going to find short sales and it's going to be a great time to really get after it. Well, I think one thing too, I don't like to toot your horn, Justin, but I don't know too many realtors that did 25 off-market sales last year. That is- The year before last. The year before. And we did probably- 15 last year. Yeah, that's quite impressive. That means you're digging hard to get to find some properties out there that make sense. So the moral of the story is there's always going to be deals. You just need to find them. And if you're not willing to look, get a hold of Justin and he looks every day and he digs hard and he's got good relationships out there. That's why he put together all those off-market sales. Yeah. And, you know, as I'm reading here, I told you guys two episodes ago how great this uh, article was. Harry Salzman put in here, you know, home sales in December totaled 851. It was a 41% decline. We talked about it on last show. Less people are going to be moving because they have such a great interest rate, right? Last year, total sales were 15,259. That's a 16% drop from the year before, right? We see here the market rose to 41 days in December, roughly two and a half times longer average days on market. But the real days on market, folks, some of those numbers are so skewed. The real days on market for houses from 400 to 500,000 are about like 80, 90. That's what I'm seeing, you know, really on MLS, which is just, which is crazy. And and then last year, the permits were only pulled was 3,070 permits pulled. The year before was 4356 and the year before 4497. I think this year we'll see them in the high, you know, 1700, 1800, certainly not above 2000. But John, what are some of the things you saw with inventory and changes in 08 when people had to go to rent their property instead? I mean, how were you audibling during a very, very, you know, the worst, one of the worst housing crises ever? It was. And, and of course, it was created. Uh, not like we're seeing today with interest rates going up higher. That market was dictated by bad loans being done by lenders that didn't really care if these people could make their payment later or not. The, the buy, we talk about the buy downs and, and, and really you have to be very careful in the market. But 
back to what Justin was saying is that, you know, it was a rough time and you had to have patience and you have to have, you got to be tenacious. We had some properties we were managing that took 60 days to get them rented. That tells you when you own investment properties, put some money away. I don't care how good the market is. Be prepared for a time that it might take you two or I don't know, one or two months to get them rented. So we had to look at that and say, just, we got to guide our people and tell them, don't panic. You know, don't sell. I mean, I want to sell them. I, I just want to sell because I can't get it rented. You know, we don't want to work off of panic. We want to work off of good knowledge of the market and say, is this the best time for you to make that move? Fine. If not, let's run it out and we'll keep them rented. And that grew our property management business from a very small amount now to a fairly large amount. So we did it as a service to people so they didn't get caught in that situation of selling when things were not good, taking losses, in some cases putting the key on the table and going, I'm out. But if you're renting and you're at least cash flowing or you're getting close to what you need for cash, you let that other person pay and get you going and get you through that market that's a tougher market. And then there's sunshine on the other side. Then all of a sudden values start going up and you go, wow, I held this for the toughest time. And now I'm getting the benefit of that appreciation. And actually, I just realized my rent just went up two, $300 and now it's going to go up another 200 So it's patience and it's looking forward and seeing the big picture. Don't ever make decisions on the small picture. And if you want to read the newspaper and listen to the radio, you're going to make decisions on a lot of times the small picture. And again, it's the fear. It's getting everything ginned up where everybody gets nervous and they start making bad decisions. You need to look at the big picture and you need professionals to help you do that. I mean, I don't think Justin and I are going to tell you we know everything there is to know about the market and we're going to be able to forecast that in the next three years, we're back to 10% appreciation and 4% interest. No, we don't know that. We're making as as good of a educated guess as we can. And we're using the past. We're using the past to make our decisions as all people should. And the past tells us something about, hey, stay the course. Don't get nervous when everybody else is. Yeah. It's not a slam dunk. The information we have, I speculate on the interest rates. We've made some good calls in the past as far as what we think is coming down the line. But if you just keep it simple, stupid, which is what the best thing to do is, and that is don't speculate on rent going higher. If the deal works, it works and hold properties 15 to 20 years, right? Because you had people who saw their properties go down in value 07, 08, 09, 10, and those people doubled up on their money if they waited until 2020, 15 years later to sell. Well, we and we had owners like that. We had owners stay the course. We kept them rented, fortunately. Maybe had a vacancy for a month, but we kept them rented for them and they had the patience. And it's just as Justin said, all of a sudden the sun starts shining and they're going, whoa, I've held this thing for eight years, sucked it up, broke even. And now all of a sudden my value's going up, my rents are going up. And so they're happy people, but they had to have that mindset that, you know, I'm going to have to hang in there and I have to listen to John or Justin and say, don't do anything yet. We'll keep them rented for you. We'll make sure that you're positioned properly when this market turns. It always does. This time it's turning the other way a little bit. But when you look at the market and way it's turning now, it's actually, for me, it's a healthier market. Your rates have gone up. They've shut down all this 10% a month appreciation. And so we're seeing more of a a market that I got into at the beginning that was a normal, what we call normal markets, and then they switch and go back and forth. But this is a healthy market. And trust me, I got in 1980, 18, 19% FHA and VA, and you go, I can't believe it. And we couldn't either. And we sold very few properties with new financing. Most of them were all assumables when we end up selling them. 
But when I see seven and seven and a half percent and wages have increased, so yeah, your your payments going up based on what you saw eight, ten months ago, but still seven percent, seven and a quarter. Holy smokes, I think those are good rates and they make for a good market. Yeah, that's a great point, John. And as we have the rates increase, obviously as the correlation in prices cooling down, we get more inventory. There's no doubt about it. That's the factors of 2023 and having the Federal Reserve laying out their game plan to continue the rate hikes. They're hoping for that soft landing and to get that terminal rate to five and a quarter is what they're shooting for. They still have a full point to get there. Folks, we're going to talk about seller carry, some of the things you can do to be creative in this market. You're talking with John and Justin Hermes here on Real Estate Realities. We'll be right back. If you have questions over the break, 719-232-1063. Welcome back to the Real Estate Reality Show. Now here's Justin Hermes. Okay, folks, thanks for hanging with us. We're on to our last segment here. We're talking with John Hermes. Talked about rates going up, more inventory. Definitely we've seen consumer confidence take a step back. And now inflation, now starting to come down and that's where we've seen that, you know, last week the, the interest rates dropped a little bit because they're going, hey, are we at the end of this, you know, inflation? Is, is there a little bit of more light at the end of the tunnel? And so I, I still think we're going to see those interest rates stay up. You know, I was reading another article, which was interesting the other day, is some of these new builds possibly turning them in to rental properties. And boy, that's what I think 2023, we're going to see an uptick in the accidental landlord. For us, it's hard to imagine we're going to occupy all those units that are coming on the market. When you drive around and you see all this new construction and all these new units coming on, we do the same thing. We go, where are all these people coming from? But ultimately, we got 160 properties we property manage. We got them all full, and they don't take long to rent. So yeah, but I do think that you're going to see if people say, I can't afford to own a home, which a lot of millennials will, and the next generation, they're going to go, what's the next best thing, honey? We got kids and a dog. Let's, you know, let's rent a house. That's as close as we can get to the American dream. So I think multifamily is going to feel a hit. These big box apartments, the fourplex is not as much because you're offering rent at 1200 bucks. I mean, that that's so insulated. You're well, well protected. But on the single family homes, they're not building a ton of single family just for rent. And that's where I think I'm going to teach our investors is to be aggressive and get, get into the single family or a townhouse with a two car garage. You know, things that I think the millennials will be looking for instead of these big box apartments. I do agree with that. And I also, I've always believed in buying fourplexes. You know, when you have four doors in a building and one goes vacant, you still have three. But I do know the desire of most renters is give me a yard. Let me have a place for my dog to run or my kids to run. And that's where single family is a real desirable type of housing for these type of people. If you're single... I see the townhome is not a bad investment. The townhome with a double car garage and you may have some green space, so you don't really need it much as a single person, probably don't need that. But people that do have kids or plan on having kids, renting a home will be a priority if they can't buy one. 
And so I think that's what we will see. We'll see more people looking at that. And I think you're right. Those big boxes that have these little tiny decks on them or no decks at all and views that are ended up being your view is going to be Fontaine Boulevard or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, I think they're missing the mark on that. Yeah. I really do. I think it's getting overbuilt, and uh, I just – Colorado Springs is more of a family town, in my opinion. I find Colorado Springs to be more friendly, family-friendly than most other areas. So, yes, Justin, you're exactly right. We see more families here, I think, that find this to be a good environment to raise their kids – our school districts are good, and the weather's nice, the outdoors is great, the hiking, the biking, the skiing. Yeah, it's a great place to raise a family, and I think that we will see that continue as a, a city that is more family-friendly than bringing a lot of single people, a lot of people jumping around and you know moving in and out and that type of thing. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And John, just tell some of the listeners here, if you're looking to buy a property and somebody owns it outright, you have an option to do, you know, an owner carry where you could say, "Hey, I'm going to buy it for 350. I'm going to put 10% down, 35 grand, and I want you to carry me, you know, for 10 years. You can amortize it over 10, you know, and I'll make payments to you at a 5% interest rate. Those are options. There's assumable options, and so there, the creative financing is both a pro for the seller and both a pro. For the buyer, tell us a little bit how that seller financing, how you've worked it in the past. Well, let me look at that guy that's got the property free and clear because he does have some options or she. Let's go back to easy numbers, 100000 You did 20% down because you want to get as much down as you can from a buyer because they don't want to walk away from $20,000. If, if, you, you're, if you're the seller. But if you're the buyer, you should shoot to put as little as 10%. Buyers down. are looking to say, hey, I, to bite on I'll that. give you five grand down and you carry 95 well, let's 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 uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, agree on ten. Well, ten thousand. Then the guy gets in trouble. He can't make his payment, and he has to walk. Ten's not bad, but twenty would be a yeah, nice you're right, number. Because then the market goes down. The house is worth eighty. He walks away. That's right. So and it's so a fine line of negotiating. So we're carrying eighty, and as Justin said, you can try to make it set up so that you get a. 10-year AM, or maybe you make it easier for your buyer and you do, we'll give you a 15, we'll give you a 30-year AM. I mean, we're going to amortize it over 30 years. So your payment's going to be a payment that would be like financing it through 30 years, but you get a 10-year balloon. What does that mean? That means you're going to finance it out over a 30-year amortization, but in 10 years, that is doing payable. So that buyer that's now the owner has got to pay you off in 10 years. And the other offshoot of that is, as a seller, if you've put a note together that's a pretty good note, in other words, 30-year AM, 10-year balloon, and all of a sudden you got three years left on that balloon, and you go, God, I need my money. I'm running into problems. I need my money. There's a lot of investors out there that will buy that note and give you a pretty good price for the note if you're down to the last two or three years. So they're not going to give you the whole whatever it might be. After, let's say, seven years, this guy owes you $70,000, and you got three years left on it, and the guy you may have somebody come in and say, I'll give you 65 for your note. Well, you leave five on the table, but you cashed out, took your 65, and you had all that interest for seven years that you were collecting from this, this buyer who became an owner, of course, through you. So that's one way. The other way that is dangerous, and those are ways when you still have a loan on the property and these investors come to you and say, hey, will you carry? Same scenario, 100000 can you carry eighty? You owe fifty. 
So now you have a loan under, under underneath you have a loan of fifty thousand. You're still paying on that. This guy's paying you for an eighty thousand dollar mortgage. You're paying your fifty thousand dollar mortgage at three and a half percent. So everything looks good at the time. You're going, hey, that works. That looks really good. You have to remember when you did the loan, and maybe at three and a half, you didn't think much about the ramifications of a due on sale. You were just thinking, this is a great rate, man. Where do I sign? Well, it says on there due on sale. So when you get an investor that comes in and goes, let's do this, and you go, what I got to do on sale? Well, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We'll get you out of that. Don't worry about it. Do not do it. It's not something you want to get involved in. So the true owner carry should be on a property you own free and clear. And then the rest of the stuff has got to be done a way that protects you as your, as the seller owner. And it get complicated. So if you want to know more about it, give us a call, 719-232-1063. That's 232-1063. You get in a market like this is where experience matters, being able to be creative. Those loans out there that are FHA assumable, VA assumable, I've taught many of you is, you know, it's called house hacking to go in, owner occupy the house, then turn it into a rental down the road. You could get in on a 3% interest rate if you're willing to go live in that house for a year. There's so many things to be creative to get into the market and pivot and take advantage. That That's the thing is chalking up a game plan, understanding some of these different ways to put deals together, but also it's like you touch on the end, understanding the ramifications so you're not just go, go, go. Hey, if things correct further, if this happens here, if rates push up more, these are the ramifications that you know you have to be looking at. I think you did a great job, Justin, of explaining everything. Too short a program really to cover all the things that go into this type of market. But at least you've touched on the things that I think are important for people to know, buyers and sellers. And I just encourage you, give him a call. Justin has been doing this for quite a while now, and he's got his he's got his hands on things pretty well. And he got his mind wrapped around a lot of this stuff. So this is a good time. All right, folks, that's it. Thanks so much for joining us. Most important thing, use the gifts God has given you. Bless others. Don't be negative. Find the joy in life and bring it upon your company today. We'll be right back here next Sunday at 1030 and again at 1. Justin Hermes, 232-1063. It's been a long day without you, my friend. And I'll tell you what about it when I see you again. The proceeding was a paid program on KRDO News Radio. KRDO News Radio does not confirm nor deny the validity or accuracy of the information contained in this program. And the views expressed do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the staff and management of KRDO News Radio. It's been a long day without you, my friend. I'll tell you what about it when I see